Hi everyone, this is Len and you are listening to another episode of The Middle Manager Show. Today, we will talk about not just managing but also building a team and a company in the middle of the pandemic. Our guest for today is the head of Logistica under Petronas Berhad. He is responsible in spearheading the overall growth and financial performance of Logistica, which was built in 2020 from ground up as Petronas' new venture into the e-commerce and logistics space. Before this, he has taken multiple leadership roles from engineering to commercial. He is a non-conformist who believes in challenging the norm to spur innovation. So, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Malaysia, please welcome Faisal Mohamed Sulaiman. Hey, Faisal, how are you? Hi, Lan. Hi. Good to be talking to you again. I'm doing good. I hope you are the same. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm good, relatively good. So, I'm very excited for this one because this is going to be another type of industry that I'm personally not familiar with, right? From From oil and gas to... Now it's on the logistics side. I think we will be going into a very interesting topic, knowing that you've started this, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, just after graduating um, in your MBA. So maybe to start with, can you describe to us the nature of your company, you know, the culture that you're trying to build and the environment, and then your current role and how you got there? Right, sure. And and like you mentioned, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a journey uh, for me personally and also for the company, right? I think as we try to step out from an oil and gas business into new spaces uh, and for me being a driller, trying to do uh, something new, it has been exciting. Uh, so Logistica, uh, it's uh, basically, you can look at it as a corporate venture or a corporate startup, right? So so we got the best of both worlds, I would say. I mean, the startup uh, way of working and experience and the challenges. And at the same time, how do you now balance the corporate uh, setup requirements and, and also all the process and regulations that come with that? Um, from, a, from a culture perspective, um, obviously, um, that's, that's a group-wide uh, culture that we all subscribe to. But particularly, if you look at the team, I think this is a team that um, we look at customer obsession as our North Star, right? So everything that we do, the question is that how does this impact the customer? Will this make the customer life better or so, right? So that's that's like one of the biggest uh, team credo, I would say, that that we we, we talk and, and, and we behave on a daily basis. Other than that, being uh, trying to enter into something new uh, is always about uh, progress over perfection you know um, I think uh, for for some part of the oil and gas you get you need to get it perfect before you even ever start I mean imagine a plan you, you can't do progress over perfection there yeah. but it's a total opposite here uh, in, in what we're trying to build where you focus more on progress and then you can uh, perfect it along the way right so uh, a bit about me um, as I mentioned um, so I'm a drilling engineer uh, who then uh, converted into a commercial role uh, and now trying to um, enter into this e-commerce and logistics business. And I think that's one of the uh, great things that I appreciate about Petronas. I think the amount of investment and risk that the management take when it comes to developing uh, the talent. Uh, so I will take myself as exhibit number one where uh, you can actually groom someone from a technical background, very hard course, living in offshore, is all about drilling and producing that oil and don't care about what happened in the subsequent value chain, to someone that today, um, part of my key role is managing or leading people and at the same time, ensuring that we create a sustainable 
uh, return of investment to the shareholders. So that's a total, uh, I would say, um, change and evolution in my career. And, and I guess I owe that to uh, the programs and also the risk that the company have taken on me uh, throughout the last 15 years. So, you know, I want to I wanna put that emphasis on this was assigned to you in the middle of the pandemic, right? When, you know, a lot of things are changing, a lot of things are moving, a lot of things are unsure. So when when they said that you're going to, to build a team and maybe, you know, the company Logistica, what were your first thoughts? Yeah, I mean, and, and the best part was that even, uh, Len, is that when we started this, uh, all they said is that, uh, see if there's a if there's a white space or new area that we could enter. So even the word uh, e-com and logistics was not even mentioned, right? So, um, I mean, I, I would say two things uh, that I can really recall. I mean, when, when I get this opportunity, right? Number one is that hey, I'm an old school guy. How am I going to do this? Trying to build uh, a new business that personally I'm not that uh, uh, expert. Uh, and doing it uh, in the midst of pandemic, right? So that was the, uh, I mean, the the worried part of me uh, talking. Uh, and the other side is the optimist part of me talking is that don't worry. I mean, we can just do the same way that we have been doing things uh, all this while and uh, we'll get it there, right? Um, and, and I guess we'll talk more about this part of me who thought that uh, things will be the same. You can implement the same way of working and the same way of leading. But I guess we'll talk more uh, throughout the conversation today that how I thought um, that, um, I mean, long story short, I was proven wrong. And, and, and um, I mean, you got to be evolving. You got to be uh, adapting to the new requirements, not only in leadership, but uh, you put pandemic into the equations, I guess. That's true. Did you build your team from ground up? And if yes, like how did you go about this? What were the parameters you considered like in hiring, training, and also considering that, right, that um, in terms of getting the right talents, uh, there is a possibility they might not be there physically as it was compared before. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, uh, number one, yes, I think uh, the team was built uh, from ground up, right? So, you know, it was just a team of three when we started with the ideations. And today we are talking about um, 20 to 30 and then we'll grow uh, double the number if everything goes as per plan uh, by, by next year, right? So so I think the, the critical part when, when we were building the team or the critical point here is that um, we need to build the team fast, right? So pace was uh, very important. So we took the hiring uh, route rather than trying to train someone uh, from, from bottom to up, right? So, uh, and, and I'm a believer that if you get the right team assembled, you'll get the result. Right. So, so for that matter, I guess what, what we did was that focus more in the kind of talent that you want to bring into the, uh, into the team. And then there are a couple of uh, traits that I think we were looking as we were hiring. Number one is that how do you get talent that have the disruptive uh, uh, and, and innovative mindset? Um, the other part is that, um, you see, um, when you are in a corporate uh, setup, especially uh, companies like, um, I mean, the, the Fortune 500 companies, right? Um, you are actually already subscribing and plugging in into uh, processes system that have been established and, and have, I would say, matured enough that you don't have to worry about stuff, right? I mean, you wake up and, and you know that things are already in order. You just have to run the business. So, so for that matter, we realized that if we are building Logistica, we have to start everything from scratch, right? I mean, uh, as simple as what is the process that we're going to be talking to a customer, 
up to how do now we pay the salary of the of the people right so everything have to be started from from uh, from scratch so for that i think we focus more in bringing entrepreneurs into the team right how do you get more entrepreneurial uh, mindset talents into the team and and then we spend a bit of um, time and also i think personally uh, i took a lot of risk with some of the talents because uh, the question is always that Uh, I mean, yes, he or she have done that uh, from an entrepreneurship perspective, but there's no traits of e-commerce logistics, right? Uh, but but I guess I think we 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 took that risk. I think there was a big uh, quantum leap for us to believe that if you have a disruptive mindset and also someone that have the entrepreneurial uh, burning uh, and desire inside them, you can definitely build um, uh, the business and result that you want. That is, you're very specific in terms of the traits that you're trying to 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 find in your team, right? And we all know that hiring is only the first step. So much other things that you have to 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 finish, right? So, as the head of your team, how did you adapt to the effects of pandemic? Now that you've onboarded the team, how you know did did it go smoothly or seamlessly right after hiring? You know, everything else went according to plan, and if not, like how did you adapt? And then, how did you find the balance between pushing them to achieve your goal versus also making sure that you know they're they're mentally and emotionally healthy at least when as part of the team? Yeah, I think there's a is a very great uh, question, right? And and let me start first with with setting the context here about uh, logistica. Uh, I think we are in a very unique uh, situations, and and I'm I feel blessed uh, to be going through this experience because. I think if if you realize what we are trying to do here, trying to enter into a new space and business from an oil and gas company, but at the same time as we hire the people, we are actually bringing maybe ten to fifteen different uh, companies, culture, way of working, and engaging into a new team, and we expect them to work together and subscribe to a new culture and vision. So I thought that it is. Um, I mean, it it has its dynamics at at multi level, right? And and to be able to go through and see it for the last one year have been very enriching to me. So so with with that con uh, with that context, right? I think number one is me. I think as 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 the leader is to first realizing um, that hey, this is not any of your normal. Uh, Setup of business that you're trying to to grow um, uh, for for the company, right? So this is where I mentioned earlier that I was very optimistic that don't worry, I can pull those um, uh, previous experience and we can uh, get this thing done. Uh, so so I think that is the first uh, important thing personally for me, right? To first step back and realize that hey, the context is really different here, and you need to understand the dynamics and now what will be the strategy. I think number one is that I mean this whole concept of an outcome-based leader rather than an activities-based leader, right? So um, uh, I'm not sure whether those terms have been coined, but I'm a big believer of this outcome-based leader. Where I think all is important is that as a group we agree these are the key outcomes for the company, and then you cascade that into perhaps a bit more detailed outcomes and OKRs that respective team have to deliver in order for us to go back and support the the vision, right? Right. So and and that open up 
um, a lot of opportunities for us. So now people can work from anywhere because what's important is the outcome, not what are the activities they are doing they are doing on a daily basis, right? I mean, we rarely talk about okay today I did A to Z, right? But rather today I've managed to achieve number one, for example, right? So that that was. Uh, I think one of the biggest thing that um, I guess have been helping us in building this team uh, through uh, through pandemic. Uh, the other part, uh, Len, is that um, I think we also took this agile way of working, where uh, it gives us the pace and also uh, give the team the clarity on what they need to focus. You see, what I like about agile and and sprints and things like that is that. It allows you, or it forces you, or it it gives you the uh the tool in order to basically break the end state into multiple building blocks that you have to do on sprint to sprint basis. Because what what it means is that we are all aligned that this is where we want to go. But what is the first critical thing that I have to do now, and we have to do now as a team, and focus on that. Because I mean, you're gonna get a lot of things that you need to do. But as you get the team to focus on that, say two weeks deliverables and outcome, and as all the parties or all the blocks move together within that particular sprint, then you know that you're making that progress that you wanted. An agile way of working, I think, have helped us to really have uh, spend time on the clarity. What are what are the things that we need to focus on, and why is it important to be focused now? Help you with the prioritizations, and give the team to move forward. Um, and equally important, then I think the third point I would say it's uh, really on uh, anchoring it back into the team credo that I mentioned just now, right? I mean, it's it's all about customer obsession for us. It's all about progress over perfection. It's all about uh, being a player in the team and ultimately working together as as one logistic car family. And and I think this is where I guess um, our MBA cohort has really helped me personally. I mean, I reached out uh, to many of our colleagues uh, in in our MBA twenty class, uh, and 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 I had the opportunity to learn the perspective from them in in uh, from from where they are and and the many companies that they had, and I've I've tried to then uh, embed this team credo concept uh, into the logistics family. So what it helps you is that I mean, um, you are actually uh, managing a team uh, in a chaos, right? And but you want the chaos to be there because that's where innovations will happen. But at the same time, you want to make sure that it is uh, only moving within the football field that you want to play, right? And, and and to me, the credo is basically drawing the four lines uh, for that football field that we need. And and whenever you think that you are either not using everything within the football field or sometimes you are going over the football field then you just step back and say that what is our team credo here are we really doing progress out you know there are there are sometimes discussions where we try to go too detail and try to get it perfect and we step back and say that guys let's go back to the football field what is our credo it's all about progress let's focus on what we need to deliver now and we can get it perfect next week so so i thought that will be one of my biggest learning uh, individually as a leader here is that the power of that credo i mean i don't want to use the word culture because it's quite a strong word uh, for a for a new setup like us but the power of a credo uh, in in driving teams and pulling the multi dynamics situations that i set the contact just now about this team because all they need to do now is that forget about the past but just focus on these four items and and use that whenever you face with conflicts Uncertainties and also ambiguity, right? And then if you refer back to this, then 
at least they can maneuver. And that have, had helped me to also, um, uh, I mean, give the empowerment and trust because I know that uh, they will all be obliged by that football field that we're going to set uh, as part of the credo. So I, I would say that those are the three things, uh, if it makes sense, uh, from, from how to manage. Uh, so far, I would say that, um, I mean, I think uh, the number has been great uh, for us from a performance perspective. I agree with you know how you're able to how you're focusing or be getting or giving emphasis on the OKRs or you know the objectives and the key results instead of the activity base. It's really one way of addressing, as you said, the chaos and the uncertainty. At some point, um, one of my learnings in this pandemic, right, giving some sort of clarity in a business situation wherein nobody knows where it's going to go in the next few months or years or even weeks, right? Where we're talking about weeks sometimes. So giving that clear direction on where you want them to go gives them also a sense of control. And and that's something that I also learned that they all you know what they were looking for is really some sort of control into what they can do and what they can deliver as, you know, as 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 a team and also as an individual contributor. So and also the other thing that you mentioned, you know, breaking down a big goal into smaller parts. That was also really useful even for me, like just recognizing the small wins of the team, no matter how small it was. It was really very empowering for them. So, well, I think, you know, in that sense, um, you were, you're really on the right track, as you mentioned, you know, it, the, the numbers also showed. Uh, I would assume you have your middle managers or your the, the managers that also handle everyone, um, the, the, smaller te- the smaller teams under you. I guess my next question will will be, what are your expectations to your managers? And what do you think are their expectations of you? Because at the end of the day, the the show is also all about that, right? Like giving some feedback and also receiving feedback for, for middle managers across across the management level. So in your case, what do you think are those? And how do you manage these? Sure, sure. I think that's a great question, Len. So I'll start with uh, what are my uh, expectations to to say my my direct reports and the managers that are running the, the team right and and really these are the people who are running the team and business uh, for for that matter and I want to put on record that I mean how powerful and impact um, is their contribution uh, to the overall outcome. So number one, I think uh, I mean to me, um, if I want to summarize, um, it's really that um, I would say that I want them to lead rather than manage their team. Right and um and and at the same time, uh, I think from their expectation to me is that I'm here to lead them, but not to manage them. Right. So so and and I guess that's a big thing that I'm trying to inject uh to my direct reports and the middle managers in the team, because um I'm not here to be very descriptive about descriptive about what are the things that you need to do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. Right. Um. I, again, I go back to the principle of an outcome based leader where you set the um, end states, OKRs, uh, break, uh, break it into the smaller wins, uh, smaller building blocks that we need to achieve and give them enough empowerment and trust to deliver and execute those, right? So, and I guess that's a uh, that's something that probably not very intuitive to the middle managers, right? Or, or any new managers because um, it's like, I mean, I used to be reporting to someone, everything was very descriptive and now here you are, I'm reporting to you and you are not even telling me what I, what <laughs> I need to do and, and you want me to figure out, right? So, uh, but 
I mean, I, I, I know that this might not sound the normal thing, but I think uh, personally, and, and I guess I'm also inviting you to perhaps push it through this way, right? I, I guess we, I, I want them to lead and don't expect that, uh, I mean, everything will be uh, very uh, uh, descriptive to that. And, and so the reverse is true. And, and I think what I've realized, at least from my direct reports, is that they want me to manage them rather than leading them, right? Because you're building a new business here and there's always that worry that, hey, are we on the right direction? And am I delivering what I need to deliver to support the business? Uh, but I guess, um, so so that is, it, it takes time and uh, and also it takes a lot of trust and um, uh, taking a bit of risk, I, I guess, because... I mean, uh, the implication could be bigger if, say, uh, with this kind of an approach that um, you might not get the, the outcome that you want, right? But but I think rather than just looking at it on a short-term basis, uh, I know that this way of working uh, or uh, way of leading the team will give us result in a mid and uh, long-term perspective, right? So so typically, the managers expect us to be very descriptive. And, and I think, um, again, um, I go back on the outcome and and be very clear about the football field that um, that is there for them to play, and uh, and allow them to uh, continue playing there. Because to me, I want them to continuously take risks, continuously uh, be innovative and disruptive. Because only with that we can then create that seamless uh, e-commerce and delivery experience that we want to give to the customers, right? And and the football field is there to ensure that we play within the uh, the level of appetite that we have as a group uh, and also what the shareholders and investors will, will require. My last question now will be, what will be your advice to new managers, especially those who just got promoted? Sure. So I guess I, I leave them with, with three um, points or three areas, right? I think number one, while the title says you are the manager of something, something, but the real expectation of the role is to lead. I mean, we, we tend to have that psychology that I'm a manager, so I'm going to be managing, right? I, I think the narrative has to change that, I mean, the title could be anything, but um, you really need to know that at, as you are promoted now uh, as a manager, the real expectation is that you're going to be leading a group of people towards the common goal of, of the company. So I think that, uh, number one, right? Uh, number two is that, now that you have been promoted, say, from an executive level to a, to a managerial position, um, I always believe that you should always keep on thinking, behaving, and also uh, delivering uh, based on one level higher, right? I mean, if you're a manager, think about how will your uh, immediate superior or your senior manager or your general manager will react, respond, or, or even uh, lead the team on that matter. So if you're continuously doing that, what it means is that not only you are leading the team, you are also now preparing yourself towards the next level, right? So if, if you just uh, got stuck that I'm the manager and I'm just going to play within this space, I mean, that could be the end of your career progression. So I would advise them to really push the boundaries, always think one level higher. Um, and the last part, uh, which to me equally important and i think we, we repeated this uh, many times um, in, in the conversation today is that focus on the people right i mean as, as a manager really focus on the people uh, in ensuring that you give them enough clarity address to their um, pain points and and be uh, unblocker because when you are in authority it's very easy to complicate people's life 
But <laughs> yes. I think you should take the other route of how do you, uh, given the authority, how do you want to make it uh, simpler and play the unblocking role? Because if you could do that to the people, trust me, the result will come. Um, you know, uh, with the authority, don't complicate people's life, but really focus <laughs> on how could you be the enabler and also uh, the unblocker for them uh, to deliver the outcome. Very wise words. Thank you so much, Faisal, for joining us in our show. And thank you for, you know, sharing all your thoughts and your learning experience. So um, join us in our next episode. Tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. Manila time. And till the next time, I am Len, and this is The Middle Manager Show. <laughs>